Let's cut through the mainstream financial advice out there. This is your quick financial tip from your rich uncle. Since the proceeds are currently in 1031 accounts, if I can find 1031 deals, if I could like for a third or half that money, then I'm only talking about half the amount of capital gains that I have to pay taxes on. And going back to the analogy, this is you're 40 feet up in the air. Let's just throw 20 feet of pillows in there, or 10 feet of pillows. It's better yeah. than nothing. So I could be a little bit of a distressed buyer and a little bit of a smart investor. And then next time I roll things over, try to be smart about how I do that one. Or you just get out of that stuff all freaking together. And then, so I guess the question is how much pillows to throw under versus how much pain to take now. Yeah. If you want to take a blended approach, maybe you, you try and go into a few hundred thousand dollars of syndicated deals and you get like a couple hundred grand of passive activity losses there. You're already doing a 1031. Maybe you do a 1031, but you 1031 to a smaller property and maybe you do some opportunity zone and some distress stuff. But to, if it were me, I would do the land conservation easements and take the gamble there, the tax gamble on audit and also okay. try and do as much syndications as possible. Yeah, that makes sense. Plus, but, I, I love running around outside, so land conservation easement sounds like something that would support that community. There you go. It can feed the duck. Of course, I will say, right, this is reported in 2021. There's a lot of scrutiny around this. There are some simple types of arrangements where there's supposedly less audits, but we go into this very in detail with my mastermind people along with the right people to work with, which is the most important thing. If somebody is just listening to this on the YouTube channel and not paying any, that's where the danger comes in when you just blindly start to jump into these type of things. Here's what I would do a little bit about your situation, Steve. What I would do is try and go into a few deals before the end of the year, try and put, maybe get a couple hundred thousand dollars of passive losses. And then if you find a good property in the next, is your 45 day period over? I've got about 20 more days. You're screwed, man. That's what we like. Yeah. Let's just say you find something or maybe you find something and you're like, dang it, this thing sucks, but whatever. I'd rather go into a crappy investment than paying the government, which some people believe. Maybe you shelter a little bit there and, and maybe you throw in 50 grand into a land conservation easement to get that 5X multiplier to get $250,000 of, of losses and you break it up a third. Or worse comes to worse, maybe you don't get that property in the middle and you don't do a 1031 exchange and you just suck it up 50% on $300,000, $150,000 tax bill. It's not the end of the world, right? Yeah, that's, I yeah, think that's I, how I, think, I would do it. I think I'm seeing a lot of the, the mom and pop mistakes come out here. I, I will just discuss, people say, oh, can you 1031 into a syndication? The lawyers will always say, yeah, you can, but they'll never give you the details. And the details is you can go into a deal with what's called a tenant in common, but it, nobody does it because it's super complicated and it's a real pain in the butt. No syndicator in their right mind who is not desperate for your money will let you in for less than like a million or two million bucks. Okay, so that's interesting because my real estate agent that I've worked with is setting up a fund and he's accepting tenant in common to partner alongside the fund. Just the fact that he's accepting tenant in common, like a little bit of a red flag. How many deals have you done? With him? Oh, me? Or him. Him, what's his tracker for his experience? Yeah, so he's been in real estate for about the last 10 years. Well, every that doesn't mean anything. So I know of 
two or three other large properties that he's acquired and one that he's closed. As far as I know, this is one of his larger renovation deals. And he's also offering this on a less of a renovation, more of just buying below market deal in a flyover state. Yeah. It's a lot of plan with a really good dumb money investor, such as yourself. That's, that's, that's what, what it is. Like. So it's to say it's a good deal, right? I'm actually looking at a 10 unit in Bill Ballard right now that actually is a good deal. You found but, a unit in Ballard that's a good deal? Yeah, 10 unit because Seattle is actually a little distressed at the moment right now. But anyway, <laughs> let's just say it is a good deal and you make a bunch of money, but you're going to be in the same dang predicament when you sell. And this is where it's stop doing the crazy and get off of this stuff. Uh, you say you want to move to the more passive thing anyway. And like all these burrs and flips, it's all ordinary income. You want to get away from that stuff. That's like going out at partying at 2 a.m. in the morning, every Friday and Saturday. You want to get away from that stuff. It's not tax efficient. Lane is not a lawyer, CPA, but the dude did quit his engineering job and now owns thousands of rental properties. Learn more about the secrets of the wealthy. Join our community at thewealthelevator.com slash club. And if you're looking for a longer form podcast, also subscribe to the Wealth Elevator podcast.